Good morning, Evelyn. How are you today? Hello, hopefully. Very good, very good. Thank you. We're here at Heiko uh, again in the mezzanine, or however you call that, overlooking the beautiful furniture, having tea today. Yeah, thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> very lovely. So, Evelyn, you're a psychotherapist, yoga teacher, and very much into spiritual psychology. Do you want to tell us a bit what you do? Yeah, so basically, I mean, I'm trained as a psychologist and psychotherapist in the style therapy, but at the same time, I also went on a long spiritual journey, starting with sophrology, which is a consciousness training that is mostly known in France and the French part of Switzerland. But then I also went to India during seven years and I found my first spiritual teacher. And at the same time, being a psychologist, also my spiritual path started to deepen and to deepen. And then since a couple of years, I just uh, decided to bring those together and to really offer what I call now spiritual psychotherapy in order to not just treat people uh, on an emotional or also mind level, if you want so, but really go mm -hmm. deeper than that and, and to lead people into recognizing a deeper uh, essence or a deeper part of themselves. Mm -hmm. The true self, how I call it. Mm -hmm. And the yoga brings up the physical part. Well, I also did my first yoga training in India, mm -hmm. and that was very important to me because I didn't, although I'm coming from sports and mm. being a snowboard athlete at the time and, you know, being very physical, and that was my entry door into, into yoga, yeah. the Ashtanga yoga. But then I really became more and more interested also in the... Um, spiritual aspect and the philosophical aspect of yoga yes. so I was very happy to do the training in India with Indian teachers and learn so much about uh, the philosophy behind it and all these kriyas the cleansing techniques that could lead you and open the channels and sushuna <laughs> nadi and yeah because my fascination is really everything that goes beyond mm -hmm. this physical existence that we have mm -hmm. and also the higher powers of our life <coughs> And this link between body, mind, spirit, do you find that interesting? Or is that what you, why you do what you're doing? Or more to really just go beyond? <laughs> yeah, I would say first is important for the people like to, 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 to get them an entry door to, to realize what, what is this body, how does it feel, and to, to, to recognize when I'm in the mind, when I'm in the feelings, mm. when I'm in the body, mm. and to find a certain balance. You could say people nowadays have to learn how to relax a little mm -hmm. bit more. But then really my, my task or my calling is really to lead them even deeper, and that would be even beyond the body-mind complex. Mm -hmm. to, to really realize that there's something deeper behind or beyond even that. Mm -hmm. So for the ones who are open, I'm, I'm there to guide them. Mm -hmm. And so you lead uh, meditations and um, talks. Do you want to talk about all these things or how a regular week or day looks like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have a, a regular week. <laughs> That's really? what everybody yeah. says. <laughs> and I'm really happy about that because yeah. when I reflected and, you know, how does a typical day look like, that every day looks different. Mm -hmm. And 
It's interesting because some years ago I really had this happiness inside that my days do look like this now because it used to be different. Mm -hmm. And so now I feel I'm living such a creative life and, and I, I have really sometimes written down my days because I was celebrating this, that they look so, yeah, it's so um, creative, it's so mm -hmm. interesting. So, for example, I get up, have a tea and a coffee, then I do some yoga, and then maybe I go teach yoga, I check my mail, I like, mm -hmm. teach yoga. In the afternoon, I work on some project, mm -hmm. and then I have maybe one or two sessions, individual sessions in my private practice, and then maybe a Skype session in the evening, and everything is done from from a place of, of relaxation. Yeah. It's not like when people ask me, well, are you stressed? I'm, I'm really stressed. <laughs> wow. So in that way, I'm not, I'm not in, you know, in this hype of you have to be stressed, but I'm, I'm <laughs> You're not in. Yeah, it's not, I'm not part of this, you know, it's, busy, it's busy, cool. Busy, yeah, busy, it's cool. Yeah. I'm very yeah. busy. Yeah. I'm, I, I just am. Mm. This is my main thing. And you feel the flow. In the flow every day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so totally. cool. And so about your other questions, what, what else I do? Yeah, yeah, I offer talks. We do um, creative events combining art and meditation and talking yeah. and dancing, yeah. so, stuff like that. I give uh, satsangs, like sharings satsangs, around yeah. the truth, um, yoga, and then individual work, and then a lot of retreats lately. Mm-hmm. Where are the retreats? Um, lately, they have happened a lot at Mandali, Mandali Retreat Center in the north of India, uh, India, <laughs> north of Italy. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, coming soon. Yeah, no? exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, this is a, a retreat center that has been built like three years ago, beautiful above the Lago d'Orta, and it really has been built for the consciousness building and awakening of human mm. mankind. So the founders, they they really put a lot of effort and beauty in mm -hmm, that retreat mm -hmm. center. And everything that happens is for that. Yeah. And in a really low-key way, you know, it's not like, a, it's not a lot of Buddhas or Gurus hanging yeah. around, but it's just available for everybody who, who wants to go there. Yeah. So I'm offering different different retreats there. Yeah. And then also in Spain, south mm -hmm. of Spain, in Orgiva, where there is a, another very spiritual, strong spiritual place or Giva, and then some retreats also in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. And maybe India soon. <laughs> maybe India. <laughs> you know, it's funny about India, because India started like this one day, and for seven years I kept going back and forth to India. It was my second home. Yeah. And then after seven years, magic number, I didn't... <laughs> after seven years, it just stopped. I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, who knows? Who knows? Mm, that's exciting. Yeah. And also, of course, why I'm not going in two reasons. One is also the flying. I would like to fly less just for the environment. Mm. And then also because of the pollution. Because twice I got very sick, cough-wise, mm. because it's so polluted. And, mm. yeah, I mean, I love it still, but I also love the clean air of mm. Switzerland. Yeah, mountains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what are your near future projects or what's happening right now? Yeah, so my um, next or my newest project is the what I call the Rise Up from Burnout mm -hmm. uh, retreat. 
and that is a cooperation with um, Mandali Retreat Center in north of Italy and Silmet Center of Integrative Medicine in Zurich. Mm-hmm. Because they both have a lot of people who come with burnout mm-hmm. or pre-burnout mm-hmm. or exhaustion. Yeah. And I just, being a psychologist, but also spiritually working, I just felt I would like to offer something a bit different for burnout people, but that they see the burnout not just as a failure, but they see it as a major wake-up call. Something is coming through and they cannot hold Mm -hmm, it together mm -hmm, anymore. mm -hmm. Because, and this is a good thing, because when something falls apart, something new can come through. And in a way to make people understand that maybe life has been calling for a long time already or knocked on their door and said, hey, you should slow down or hey, you should look at this. And they kept just not looking or not hearing. And then it got stronger and stronger, these calls, and then all of a sudden, yeah, some symptoms come or burnout comes. But to really not just treat them in a way in these seminars, and there will be several, this Mm -hmm. is just the first one will be in May and then the next in November and then maybe four times next week, next year, to not just treat them in a way to make them fit for work again and then propel them back into the work life, but really take one week out to really inquire into what is behind that and what wants to come into our life more and really inquire into your true nature. And then to have people really see that maybe even as a gift, like I see challenges as a gift also. I say thank you. It's maybe not the nicest gift, the nicest envelope (laughs) that I get. But to understand that whatever comes to us, it comes that we can grow and and, Mm -hmm. and come out with more consciousness. Mm -hmm. So that is the the, the goal of this of this retreat, and there will be several ones for people. And of course, one week is maybe not so long, but it's here that I or we can plant a seed, and that they start listening more to their inner voice again. That's beautiful, and and I think very much needed. Yeah. And another one that I'm doing in the fall is Learning Love into Essence, which is in Spain. And that kind of work I also find very important is relationship work, <laughs> inner child work, and yeah. we're all concerned by yeah. that. But also how, how to live a conscious life with all the triggers, with all the challenges mm-hmm. that we have if we live in close relationships, yeah. and how to bring more light into that so that we don't get... Like we go to a nice meditation retreat and everything is fine, mm-hmm. and the moment we step into the flat and the partner is there, yeah. we, we we explode, right? Yeah. yeah. But how to really bring that together to live a conscious um, life and not being triggered so much anymore? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I might come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this, right? We did. <laughs> Everybody has to feel when it's the time, yeah. and I trust that also deeply that mm. people will be guided to the right place in the right mm. moment, to the right retreats, that they are in the best way nourished mm. to the next step. Thank you. Yeah. Do you remember what you wanted to do as a kid or a teenager? You mean professionally? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I always wanted to be a nurse. Mm. 
So the kind of the helping people yeah. thing was always there. But I also had very strong early experiences also of, of a sense of God mm-hmm. that, you know, like I would write letters to, yeah. to God and put them out on the in the window on a, with a stone that they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't get lost. And in the morning they What were gone. Age? Maybe six, maybe six to ten or something. And then also for Christmas, of course, the wishes and everything. But I had, uh, we, we are, I'm not like very religious, but mm-hmm. we would pray before the going to sleep. And at school I had also a teacher in the primary school where we would pray before mm-hmm. school. And a very nice um, priest, how do you say, in Reformiat. Um, yeah, anyway, who really brought the, the teachings of, of Jesus very mm-hmm. common yeah. groundedly to us. So so I had some, some seeds put there. And I think very early on I already knew deep inside that there is some sense of God or godliness also within something like that. So mm-hmm. I think when now well, I'm thinking back, mm-hmm. I think this seed was planted very early already. Yeah, that's crazy. You were doing journaling and uh, goal setting <laughs> at an early age and connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could say I was just already fulfilling the godly plan, you know, the plan that was set for my mm-hmm. life, depending on how you look mm-hmm. at it. Because I was also raised very Christian and uh, uh, praying and everyday, you know, religion classes and all these things from my grandparents. But... For me, it's only when I started with yoga that this sense of God inside came up. Before that, uh, I never... I always got taught that it's outside, it's somewhere in the sky, you know, big figure that you have to maybe please or whatever. And yeah, it's only with yoga when I was 20 that that came. So it's interesting that it came really early Mm -hmm. for you. Wow, <laughs> nice, yeah. And so you've been guided throughout your life by that knowledge or feeling that God is inside of everyone. I mean, we could say now that I look back, yes, mm-hmm. but then at the time, of course, I feel also I got lost, mm-hmm. you know, some years really looking mm-hmm. into whatever, partying and then some... Yeah, it's experience just normal, uh, so, yeah. yeah, and and then also yeah, not not yeah, feeling a bit lost and not not knowing where to go. But in that phase where I felt lost, there was always coming in mm-hmm. some traces of that again. Mm-hmm. For example, when I was fourteen. 14 or 16, I was selling an electric piano because I was doing music at the mm-hmm. time and had a band. I was selling that piano and from the guy who's, who bought it, he told me, I have a book for you and you need to read that. Mm-hmm. And the book was called, it was from Bert, Bert Spalding, um, Teachings and Living and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East. Mm-hmm. So I got this book and, I mean, off I went. This was a teaching about highly developed masters in the Himalayas of India. And then I just knew, at that time, I just knew already, this is real, this exists. Mm -hmm. It's now a fairy tale. It was a real story. 
So in that way, always, you know, mm-hmm. somehow you could say it always called me back, yeah, even yeah. when I was lost. Yeah. Called me back. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, I don't know. I'm speechless. I don't know what I should ask now. <laughs> yeah, I just want to talk, I think, more about uh, that intuition, that knowing, that uh, spirituality, I think. So how do you talk now? So before you were writing letters, do you still do that now? Mm. Or do you feel that you just think? No, yeah, I don't write letters. I mean, I write down sometimes some thoughts or stuff I have, but you mean to connect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I when I don't know where to go, I do pray. Mm-hmm. But the praying just it somehow came back to me by another spiritual teachers who who really Yeah, he taught it in such a natural way, you know, mm-hmm. that just to say, please, God, yeah. help me, well, just in a very simple way. So not not praying that, please, like as yeah. a child, please give me that <laughs> and this or, you know, or, yeah. but more just please help me. So it's more a gesture of surrender. And mm-hmm. now I would say I feel so deeply connected with the sense of God within that yeah I, I do this sometimes but it, it, most of the time I just feel totally connected to that or I could say I, I am that I am that I am mm. and I'm walking that mm. and then when some insecurities or mm-hmm. not knowing where to go come I just contemplate I sit mm-hmm. and it's not even meditate I just connect to that so I could either, in, in a way I could pray or I could not pray but just take a moment to, to reconnect myself. And that's why you're not stressed, maybe. That is part of it, but what I can also see in the last years, what hap- has happened, I have given this, this call, my calling or this call for truth, I have given this full priority. Mm-hmm. So I really, this, this call in my heart got so strong that I just felt, okay, now... Now I have to open the door fully for that, mm-hmm. free it fully, mm-hmm. and then I started to, or it started to align everything behind that. So in that alignment, of course, mm-hmm. was also an alignment of my lifestyle, mm-hmm. reducing uh, the, the, the the amount of work hours or whatever, and just having more, much more free lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that was also part of that was also facing the fears, mm-hmm. facing the fears of maybe not earning enough or yes. maybe this and that or falling apart. But I could see clearly that if I'm not going to do that, this is the purpose will not be fulfilled of this yeah. life because this life is for freedom, mm-hmm. very clearly. So what happened when you had all these fears? What did you do then? I mean, first of all, I stayed too long. I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is, but mm-hmm. I stayed too long at the, at the old job. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just stayed longer because I just had to honor somehow that I was not ready to make the jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I remember there was two times where I got close to a burnout, but not really. Mm-hmm. But I could feel, you know, the... Mm-hmm. I could feel because I know the symptoms yes. and everything. so I could feel the tendencies and the compensation mode, mode that I got yeah. in 
And so when that happened, I started to take more action. And at the time, I was already for eight years, I had a spiritual teacher that mm -hmm. also guided me and I was with her. So she was all the time already telling me, leave, leave, you know, you have to. Mm -hmm. But I just had to honor yeah. that, yeah. that I had to go with the fears and not, not yeah. uh, against them. And then one day I did leave and I left for nine months and I, I realized, well, I'm still living after yeah. that. And then, and then it all started just to... Came. Yeah, because yeah, I think also the people listening or the, yeah, the people who want to do their own things, yeah, who feel called to do something else than what they're doing right now. There's a lot of fear, obviously, mm. in between, and yes. then sometimes it either doesn't happen or we postpone it, it happens yeah. later. What tip would you give to entrepreneur or anybody who would like to do something different and who knows that they should or they feel it, and yet they have those fears? A tip or just surrender? Yeah, I mean, I've just... I've just had a, a retreat going and I was speaking about that and I said mm. some clients, they even have a big fear of reducing the pensum from 100% to 90%. <laughs> so just, I would maybe say, mm -hmm. honor the small steps, mm -hmm. but challenge yourself on that borderline. Mm -hmm. Don't get stuck in the illusion that you think you need this and that and mm -hmm. this to be happy and to, to contain we have to realize we live in a country in Switzerland of the most uh, securities mm -hmm. that we can have. Mm -hmm. We have the most insurances and we have uh, the most uh, perfect security system. You can basically not fall through here. And still we have, we are a country with one of the highest anxiety rates yes. and highest depression rates. I think number three in depression. So wow. something is 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 really um, <laughs> not right here, right? So I would say, and this was also my path: embrace your fears, but not let yourself not be ruled by the fears, because you're not your fears; they're just passing phenomena. Mm -hmm. But embrace them in in a way, take them at your on your um, hand, mm -hmm. like the little inner child or yeah. something. Yeah. Take it by by your hand and say, look. We're not going to make the big jump, yeah? But we're going to make small jumps. Yeah. Because this... I really consider our lives that we have a purpose why we are here. Mm -hmm. And we need to fulfill that purpose. Mm -hmm. Because if we don't fulfill it, we're going to get sick and miserable. Yeah, yeah. And to free that, that being, that inner being that wants to live a creative life... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm but free it maybe in, in little steps. Yes. And for me it was like this, little steps, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, when I honored this being in the heart more, all of a sudden this calling got so strong, mm -hmm. then I did another big, big okay. jump. Yeah. But yeah, honor the little steps also. Mm -hmm. And don't believe what the mass of the society tells you. <laughs> My first teacher in sophrology always said, mass phenomenons, if they go one way, you have to run the other way. Oh, wow. You know, because they, it's the, it's the, it's the collective illusion that we all believe we have to have this amount of clothes and this body shape and this house and this setup, and then we are happy. But it's a lie. It's just a lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm working with people and seeing people who have everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have spoken to a woman from England 
23 years old and she says I have a big income I have everything I like but I'm deadly miserable mm -hmm. so what does that tell us we have to find our path of happiness yeah. we cannot just believe that if and then it will be better we have we have to we are in a way are the the creators of our life Mm -hmm. Even though it's not totally true, because we are living kind of a, a plan of life, but we have to be able to say yes to this creativity that is within all of us. <laughs> And what would you tell people um, who didn't find their purpose yet? How to listen to to that themselves? Yeah. How do you do that? There I would really maybe say use some contemplative methods. Have a sitting of meditation each day. It can be five minutes, ten minutes, but that you develop a listening to the inside, mm -hmm. not to the outside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or not to the mind because the mind often just repeats um, voices that it has heard from either parents or from the collective or the society. But to listen to these, the, these subtle voices from intuition or from inner knowing. And these voices, they are often not heard because the babbling of the mm -hmm. mind, the monkey mind, is so loud. Yeah. So we have to make space and time. And it doesn't need to be ours, but it needs, like, in the beginning at least, to make some time, five or ten minutes every day, Often people say it's good to have it at the same time every day mm -hmm. so that it doesn't slip yeah, away. Yeah. And then you just close your eyes and you start listening to the inside. And maybe at first you don't hear anything or you don't feel anything because you just hear your mind bubble. Yeah. But over time it will, come. it will come and then you will start to listen to this inner subtle voice of intuition, to the inner voice of inner knowing. And then you will start to follow that. You make your first little steps. And then as you follow that, the inner wisdom will feel that and it will get somehow louder or yeah. you will hear it more easily. And then you just start to follow that. Meditation, people. <laughs> and what's your meditation practice? Um, what's your favorite or what has helped you the most or whatever you want to share about meditation I mean as I said I started with uh, sophrology mm -hmm. which is a, a consciousness training that combines eastern and western approaches so it's kind of an eclectic method and uh, they have different approaches that are integrated there some zen, uh, some tibetan uh, buddhism stuff like that But then I went really on to look in deeper into different kind of traditions. And what I liked a lot was Zen, mm -hmm. Zen meditation against the wall or not against the wall. So this I still do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just know now it's time to sit on the cushion and I simply sit. I also did Vipassana, yeah. which learned me a lot about how to deal with emotions, mm -hmm. how to not go into sports or running, but really walking meditation also in Vipassana, how to stay with the emotion and feel it and let it pass yeah. through. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's it. This too, I like a lot. Yeah, so I think that for people who haven't started yet, five minutes is a good start, right? Five minutes a day, yeah. schedule it, make it a priority, and it will change your life. Yes, and you also have so much now available, like with Headspace, mm -hmm. the app, or other apps. And you can use that in the empty times when you travel. Now, when you, I was doing that a lot when I was uh, working in another city, still doing yeah. it. Put the earplugs in and listen half an hour to a nice meditation. Mm -hmm. Then you already have, have it in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sometimes it really happens when you just start with five minutes and then you fall in love with what you find and then you do maybe longer meditations or you do retreats. Retreats are... I mean, the word retreat, it doesn't just mean seminar, but retreat mm -hmm. means you retreat yourself from everyday life mm -hmm. so that you get connected more to the inner being. Yeah, so, yeah. Beautiful. If you had more time, what would you do? Or maybe you already have enough time? I had to laugh about this question <laughs> because it's, it's really true. I don't feel that more time is needed yeah. and it's, it's also time somehow becomes a bit, uh, how do you say, it's almost like time doesn't exist anymore. It's just, you are, when you're really living just moment to moment, mm -hmm. you just are and it's also not a feeling that... I have either work or free time or it's just a very fluid living so I'm not feeling that I'm missing time. Life goals right there. Yeah and, yeah. and it's beautiful because it's also not a, a feeling of oh I, this life is an effort. Yeah. It's just... And it used to be, yeah. Yeah, I think I was living more from, from a point of doing yeah. and, and delivering and achieving and... That is somehow all gone now. Mm. Nothing to achieve, really. Uh, you know, uh, it, makes, it reminds me the book of Matthias, Rebecca's mm -hmm. uh, yeah. partner. I can't remember your last name. Matthias sorry. Fritzen. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point there is a question, that's when I stopped reading because I still cannot... Well, I think by now I, I answered the question, but... He asked, what would you do if you know you would die in a year or a month or a week? And then and we talked about that with Rebecca. And the, the, do you realize nothing more or less? or Right? Yeah. Uh, it just comes, something else comes to me uh, about my first yoga teacher. He's also a dear friend, an Indian uh, man who comes a lot also to Europe, Akhilesh. And he asked me a similar question mm -hmm. to take decisions, and that could be a, a valuable one. Mm -hmm. He said, if you imagine yourself to be at the entrance of your thumb, right? You're mm -hmm. just gonna, in a minute, you're just gonna fall into the thumb and your mm -hmm. life is over. But maybe after, after a whole life, you mm -hmm. lived your whole life. And you imagine you just about before death, and then you look back to your life. Yeah. And then when, you, when an important decision is there, ask yourself, would you regret to not have made that step or to not have lived that mm. or not? Mm. And I ask myself um, this question when I did uh, big steps, you know, leaving a job or going for nine months abroad or a year. And I could answer that clearly. Yeah. 
and then and then like like you just mentioned things become much more relative yeah, because yeah, you yeah. don't think you, I have to do this and that but it becomes also more clear mm-hmm. what is really important in this life mm-hmm. because a lot of things that we think are important they're not and to really ask these questions before you die because once you die you die mm-hmm. We don't know really what's yeah. going to come after, but really ask these relevant relevance questions. What do I really want to prioritize in my life? What is really worth living for? Yeah. Matthias, your book is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, same question, but with more money. <laughs> Uh, what would you do with more money? Yeah, a same also and laugh same that answer. came from me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because not really um, missing yeah. money. And I'm not really feeling that more is needed. Yeah. But then when I reflected, okay, I would... I mean, even now, when after a retreat, there is some money coming in, my first thought is, where could I donate mm, yes. more? So, so somehow, it's really this when more is here I could also offer more or help more and then uh, the other two things but who knows if that would ever happen is I would maybe buy a little hut somewhere on a river in nature just to go meditate Mm -hmm. or always has been um, an idea of having a a little center in the Ticino for example Mm -hmm. for holistic healing and medicine but I have been in, in those projects much more deeply and I'm part of holistic centers also and it seems just not be needed right now. Yep. So that is not even sure that if there would be more money that I would do that because really I feel my life is full. It's full. It cannot, it cannot be fuller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, what kind of charities would you give your more money to? Children, environment. I mean, just right now, I think I would give it to your podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because it's so beautiful that you're doing that. <laughs> That's the best answer I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, because you're also a being that just gives, you give yourself to mm-hmm. this life and you live this free lifestyle and you offer this podcast and maybe now not generating money yet, but it will you know so supporting things like that yeah totally totally and agree yeah <laughs> so people donate donate open. <laughs> and then also I feel strongly connected to the Tibetan people where I also already donate and, and have a foster child and then just see what, what there is to do maybe mm. to Greenpeace or WWF or mm. or whatever projects come along yeah If you could uh, (laughs) write a note to your younger self, what would it be? In only two words. I love you. Yeah. I think it's uh, a lot of people also answer in that direction because we don't love ourselves enough and we don't think we're worthy enough. Yeah. And if I could give an advice to my younger self, Mm -hmm. I would really say, just trust yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be because I... I think I was also had a lot of notions of insecurity and I would say trust much more life, you're supported. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love you is I think the more the simple. Most, yeah. What is work for you? Let me see. Well, I could maybe 
add this that in 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 on our level of being able to work like this like in in a in a country where there is war or suppression it would maybe be different but in our possibility range that we have here living in a country with no war and with no existential uh, fears we need to have or yeah or, or for me at least it is like this then i would say work is to really find your purpose of life and really listen inside until you really feel that and then give everything to that don't make wrong compromises mm -hmm. just live and fulfill your purpose mm -hmm. fully Yeah, that's great. I want to wrap up on that. Unless you still want to say no, something. Where can we find you online? Online I have a, a website. So it's evelyn.vumier.net. And since that's not so easy, shall I spell it? Or you think uh, I will write it. it will write yeah, in order to be written? It, yeah. Exactly. And yeah around town across Switzerland across Europe <laughs> soon uh, to India maybe <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. Switzerland Italy and Spain so yeah. far but I'm open to mm. really the, the life right now feels like I'm I'm just here making myself fully available following this true calling and then let life be my guide and if it wants me in India or England Yeah. yeah, I'm available. <laughs> Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you very I much. Had a really good time. Thank you. Same here. Bye, everyone.